Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeerdelivery.ca. Ooh, welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only drive through etiquette podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gaston with John Fraser, as usual, as uh, we are back from our completely unintended hiatus, apparently. Apparently, we can go like two years without any football games to talk about, but as soon as a month in winter hits during an offseason, we're just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> well, well and, and to top it off, we were in the same room for yeah. like five days together. Mm-hmm. So on top of not only was it like, hey, it's the offseason, there's some football stuff going on. We were literally in the same basement I'm recording in, getting piled, drinking many great beers from our sponsor, Pile of Bones Brewing Company, and having a great time curling. So, uh, yeah, so I think, I don't know if that makes it worse or better, because I almost feel like us being together meant that we have to keep this, like, entire streak going of us never recording in the same room together. No, I, I don't. I think at this point we just gotta run with the bit. And if for some reason yes. we were in the same city at a time where we had to record something, I think we just have to be in separate rooms or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if there's ever any breaking news when you're visiting or I'm down there visiting, I think well, what we'll have to do is go to different rooms on different floors of our homes. Exactly. No. No. Absolutely. Because because I, I I don't know. And, and in fairness, I did I did one episode of my old podcast with my old co-host, Travis Curra. Mm-hmm. And we were in the same room, and we finished, and we both looked at each other and went, that was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it was just, yeah. like, weird. And then, kind of, like, watching his, like, I always, like, kind of envision what your facial expressions will be when I say dumb shit, but actually seeing the real-time reaction to it was like, oh, that was a really dumb take. Yeah. Threw me off, not gonna lie. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I prefer the anonymity of uh, being in my basement. But, yes, we are yeah, back. So, and uh, so, so, like, out of uh, the other the rooms that we're on, like, one of, we're on, like, an online phone service, and we're not even, we don't even have the cameras on. So, we don't even see each other while we're talking through this, even. So, no, exactly. <laughs> and the one time we did, I, I, it was, we were interviewing Sergio, and I mean, yes. my emotions were everywhere, but it was, like, still, like, well, it's weird. That's what Joel looks like. I kind of forget sometimes, but um, no, we are back, much to the chagrin of Dave, Jock, and my Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have stuff to talk about, believe, believe it or not. I guess that's kind of yeah, why we wow. came back. Um, 
free agency has come and gone, and uh, I think for the first time in the Jeremy O'Day era, it was actually quite busy, and uh, we have a fair bit to talk to about that, of course, sort of the overall picture of why they did what they had to do, uh, the signing of Trevor Harris, and the whole thing with Darnell Sankey. <laughs> Before we get to all that, though, um, you've had a bit of an eventful week just basically trying oh. to get to work. Because yes. a bit of a backstory, you basically buy your coffee every day because Lacey doesn't drink coffee, so you just generally get coffee along the way rather than buying some kind of fancy machine for yourself because that would be kind of weird. Exactly. So so my routine, and it's usually only when I'm tired, but when you have three kids and really like to drink, that's a solid like four to five days a week of work <laughs> I'm stopping in for coffee. And uh, yeah, I twice I was angrily texting you because my day usually starts... Not with texting my wife, not with looking at my work email. It usually starts with some hot take from one of the two of us texting each other back and forth. So the conversation has already started, and then it's like twice I could see the screen of the person ahead of me. For I am angled enough in the drive-thru to see what they're ordering. And the first time was exactly what you – and I don't mean to bash anybody in a truck because trucks are great, especially if you need them. But the guy was in a lifted diesel truck, the kind of guy that's screaming over his diesel engine rather than just shutting it off, ordering a hundred and some dollars worth of food in the Tim Hortons drive-thru. You don't do that. And then, lo and behold, the next day, the very next day, Joel Gasson, somebody in a smaller SUV ahead of me, I can see that they've been going on for a while and continue to go on for a while, and their order, $80. Now, I get it. Sometimes you're ordering for your bros, your friends. You got the big work order. That's fine. Go inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go inside, especially, like, especially because I was at, you know, popular Canadian coffee franchise that really isn't that good, but it's really close to my work. You already mentioned the name once, so I mean. Did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, shit, there goes that gag. Okay, so I'm at Tim's. Um, and I'm in the Timmy's line. And, uh, yeah, it's not like, you know, now when you go to McDonald's, if you go to McDonald's for the coffee, it's like, yeah, 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 pull up, uh, you know, if you're like, hey, I'm here to get $80 worth of Big Macs because I'm hungover. They're like, okay, go to door three or, or the like the little like parking spot. They have a system in place now. So when you go to McDonald's for coffee, you pull up to the door, you get coffee, away you go. You're not stuck and actually late for work one day because somebody has a $110 <laughs> order in the drive-thru. And I get it. I get it why businesses will never, especially Tim Hortons, as they try to push their terrible food down on you. Breakfast, okay. Rest of it, crap. Um, I get why they'll never say... Oh, yeah. Maximum order in the drive-thru is 30 bucks. But come on, man. Just just, just get off your ass. Go inside. Get some fresh air. Although most people are smoking outside the door. So get a little nicotine in you, I guess. A little secondhand smoke, a little cancer stick. Walk inside and get your... And they even have the big bags inside. Mm -hmm. You ever notice that? They have like these big to-go bags inside. And you go inside, and it's just like this overly stuffed thing that almost resembles a football full of breakfast sandwiches and bagels. That's just I don't I don't know why. And I feel like like I feel like this is a universal thing that everybody like everybody I've ever spoken to, left, right, center, old, young, male, female. Everybody knows 
You just don't do that. So why do people still do it? Who are these people? Where do they come from? I don't know. I mean, you're talking to a guy who rarely ever used the drive-thru, period. Like, even when I'm just going in for myself at a fast food joint, I tend to go inside. I don't know. I'm just weird like that. See, I'll do. I'll look at the drive. If the drive-thru line's too long, yeah. I'll go inside. Like, I'm the first one to go inside. Mm-hmm. But then I also play a game where I, like, look at the car that's last in line and think, well, I could have been in here with my tunes going, getting in my right headspace to have a bunch of people t- say no to me all day. Or I'm standing here in line looking at a cardboard cutout of Sidney Crosby in the eyes. So I, I like – I'm the guy – I like the comforts of my vehicle. And Fair. if I am – I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I can't relate to ever buying $100 worth of anything at a drive through because I basically, unless I'm getting, like, just a coffee, pretty much don't go through any drive throughs <laughs> That's – yeah, see, I'll get a meal for myself. See, okay, I get the drive throughs for the kids. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. sometimes you got the minivan. I got to order three Happy Meals and a cheeseburger for myself. Like, okay, I'm not going to haul them out. I'm not going to haul them into the restaurant. You know, they're going to no, sure. probably lick and touch things that are disgusting. And then they're going like, to see the ball talking. pit if you have one of those. They're going to want to stay and blah, 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 blah. Like, ah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. But but the most surprising thing of both those drive through experiences was watching somebody at 8.55 <laughs> in the morning get a bottle of Coke. Yeah. Like, I know I've drank beer at 8.55 in the morning at a Bonspiel or two before, or, like, pre-gaming for a for an afternoon game. Or, so like, a some... shot of whiskey because you're playing like crap. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen uh, at yeah. all. No. No, that that's not something that me and Luke do before we sass to our <laughs> game, which is why we curl way better there than we did at the men's Bonspiel. But it was, uh, yeah, there's just something unholy about seeing somebody not only receive, but then subsequently open the bottle of Coke at nine in the morning. I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> that's another weird off-putting one that just puts my stomach in a tizzy. Yeah. Um, speaking of putting your stomach in a tizzy, uh, we do have a bit of a lettuce update. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Lettuce update. And that is, of course, now... Uh, We'll just touch on this briefly because it's really just some potentially some quick advice. And that is that um, apparently word has leaked out, at least in the United States, that uh, Subway is apparently for sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A sandwich shop you've been frequent, frequently mar, far more normally than you would. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been like twice in the last couple of months before that. I probably hadn't had Subway in like two years or something. <laughs> um, yeah, wife cravings. It's fine. Um Actually, weirdly enough, I had the craving one day. I don't know. I just kind of wanted some, like, dirty deli meat. What can I say? <laughs> I, think was, I think that was the weirdest part of that whole thing is when you're like, man, I'm craving Subway today. And I'm like, so do the wife cravings, like, spill over to you? Like, is that, like, I've, I've never seen that. But, like, yeah. is it a sympathy craving? I, I don't know. I was I was just feeling it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just did not really, like, generally speaking, we order in or go out on Fridays. It's, like, our thing that we do. Right, it's a great and, way to and you, off Yeah, and usually it's a local restaurant or, you know, something like along those lines. But I just, I don't know, I kind of wanted something quick and easy and felt like a sandwich. I don't know. It was, it doesn't happen very often, but it was, it was just weird, yeah. But of course you didn't get the lettuce. No, it was spinach all the way, of course. Even well, though as, the, as even though the delivery app we used came preloaded with uh, like, toppings to be like, and the first one was lettuce. I was like, nope. Nope, um, <laughs> nope. I do not want to poop my pants tonight. So anyway, 
Uh, Subway is apparently for sale. It is unfortunately out of our price range. Otherwise, we would buy it and abolish the lettuce to the sun. So, yes, um, yes. whichever billionaire hedge fund large group out there that is looking to eventually purchase the Subway brand, please do everyone a favor and uh, get rid of the change your lettuce supplier at the very least. Yes, yes. If you go in, I have never not been in a Subway where that lettuce is not brown. Which would make sense why it makes my stomach explode like at the poor CN Curling Club of the Sastoon Men's Ball Field. <laughs> oh, boy. Did not expect that yeah. today. <laughs> oh, no. I, that, is, that is the best way I could ever summarize. So, again, a uh, quick callback to, to peel the curtain back. Um, two days before the Saskatoon Men's Bond Spiel. A Bond Spiel that we don't try to win. We just try to rack up our tabs and have a good time. Um... I got a stomach flu. So now if you could imagine the combination of stomach flu and a two-day hangover on the Saturday morning <laughs> and a dressing room. If you've ever curled a CN Curling Club, the dressing room is very archaic. It's very small. And the door has to remain open in the bathroom. It might have been the worst sound I ever made. I think I think you and Jay and Luke were on the other side of the dressing room, and yep, I could we hear were. you all crack up. <laughs> I could hear you all crack up when I unleashed hell upon the CN Curling Club, which I affectionately uh, refer to as Hell's Curling Club. Uh, yeah. That's why we couldn't record. That is, that's why we couldn't record. Uh, luckily, we can record now because there is uh, lots of news to talk about. Uh, yes. Before we get to all that, though, uh, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, uh, John, what is in the glass this week? Uh, right now, uh, a little vodka, a little Lucky Bastard vodka. Uh, sign us up. Be, be our sponsor, please. Hurry up. A uh, little Lucky Bastard vodka with some <laughs> lemon. But earlier today, uh-huh. I was at the curling club. Not the CN, not Hell's Curling Club. I was taking my, my kids, uh, my sisters up from Calgary, took my boys out curling for the first time, and capped it off with a uh, Nakoma Session Ale. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, great beer like i love the Absolutely, big yep. i love getting that ipa that really flavorful taste and only four percent mm-hmm. right like it's it's it, it came like just had a can of it the perfect thing you can sip on after curling and not have a downward spiral of your day that ends up with you and your get you on your couch by 6 p.m yeah absolutely yeah. it's 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 a great beer and i know jeff's kind of it used to be kind of seasonal, but I think it's pretty much just available all the time now because it's yes. it's that popular. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of become one of the staples at, at the Nutana. So mm-hmm. I I still don't know why every game starts with a pitcher of 016. I mean, pitchers are still just kind of easier at the club. I find I don't oh, know. so much easier. Well, yeah. then you can put in the plastic cup. You can take it down to ice level. Like yep, yeah. It's and just, you get a little bit more out of it usually, and it's at least at the Cali here, it's better price too. So. <clears throat> And, and and at the Nutana as well, mm-hmm. it is also better price. And, and and you know nobody really second looks when I just go back there and start pouring my owner right <laughs> on the back of a napkin. Team Fraser, one pitcher. Yeah, uh, for me, I had one can left in the fridge of the uh, Rebellion uh, Frost Red Winter Ale. It's the beer they mm. uh, brew and release every year around uh, well, last couple of years at least during uh, the Frost Festival here in Regina, kind of like Winter Option in Saskatoon. Just sort of a nice little uh, winter festival to get people out and about. Uh, during the cold winter days, and well, it wasn't really that cold this year for Frost, which is great, and uh, all indications yeah. were it was a smashing success this year. Um, uh, Nine Mile has a winter, uh, it's called it Snow Time or something, 
in, in yep. honor of Winterruption up in Saskatoon as well. So uh, great to I've, see, I've uh, great to see local collabs kind of in terms of uh, festivals and getting uh, the local scene involved with uh, with that as well. No, absolutely can't go wrong with it. So the riders, um, this is very different for us right now because we're used to um, sort of the mid February show after be free agency being like, well, they re-signed these few guys, they signed maybe <laughs> this one guy, and. Uh, Called it a day, and we generally, well, at least I think last year you had a problem with it. I didn't really so much that Jeremy O'Day wasn't super busy. Um, this year, he really had no option. I think that's no. safe to say. Coming in on the final year of his contract, uh, coming off his 6-12 and season where they missed the playoffs after a promising start in a Grey Cup season, whatever you may think of that. And, um, yeah, there was no choice but to make significant change to this team. Um yep. You know, whether that was by choice or by design, it's hard to say. I mean, I have some theories based on the amount of money that they dumped. When you look at uh, Cody Fajardo, Duke Williams, Shaq Evans, Dan Clark is still unsigned. You know, the list goes on. Darnell Sankey, obviously, there's a lot of guys that they basically decided to move on from in varying degrees and cleared up. Uh, the math, the math was done on, I think, about five guys on the Three Down Nation podcast with Dunk Hodge yep. and JC about a month or so ago, a few weeks ago at least. And they estimated it was about a quarter of the cap they were clearing up with these five guys, um, which kind of made me wonder if the cap was maybe a little bungled last year, and maybe that's mm. why Jeremy O'Day couldn't go as hard as he maybe would have in a great cup year, but... Again, we um, Justin Dunk and John Hodge and JC Abbott obviously do a great job um, telling us how much these players make, but they're not really calculated anywhere. There isn't a website like in the NHL or in the NFL or other places where it's kind of independently tracked, kind of how the team's cap situation is. So this is just yeah, a complete wild friendly or whatever. This is yeah. a complete out of left field theory for me. I have no idea whether it's true or not, but it feels like there may have at least been some cap complications last year that maybe tied O'Day's hands a little bit but regardless um, he was very busy this year and even if they weren't in cap hell last year frankly he had to make drastic changes to the roster considering the way everything went last year and it's whether it works out or not we don't know but it's safe to say he has at least taken the first step towards making sure the season goes better. To quote one of my favorite shows Letterkenny and it's been off Shorzy um they got to get bums in seats. And after a terrible, terrible, terrible season where the bums were not occupying the seats, uh-huh. you like you said, you know they had to do something. They had to remake this team. They had to get better. And I would say, I think they won free agency. I really do. Like, if you took every need that Saskatchewan had last year, offensive line quarterback even a little with the receiving i know we differ our opinions a little bit on the receiving core but basically i i don't think there's any other team out there that went okay okay we we're, we're not great on the line our quarterback for reasons that every as every day passes i blame less on him mm-hmm. quarterback wasn't good offensive line wasn't good and they had some holes on defense and at receiver and to me if they had a checklist of guys they needed, they just went out and just completed it. They went out like this was a scavenger hunt and boom, had it done. And I still feel like now with, with what they've done and how quickly and decisively they moved to go improve the team that 
maybe you see those guys that are triple circling back and it's getting close to training camp, accepting a lesser offer to even strengthen the depth on this team. Like, I think, I think today this is a significantly better football team than it was at any point last year, even with the hot start and things going well. I, I don't disagree with that. I think there's no question. Um, whatever you may think of Cody Fajardo and what happened there, out of the quarterbacks that hit the free agent market, so basically the entire list minus Bo Levi Mitchell. Right. Even if you were a giant fan of Cody Fajardo, and even if Cody Fajardo was, let's say, decent to pretty okay last year, Trevor Harris was still the best option on the market, despite, despite I think, some obvious deficiencies in sort of his game and his history. Regardless of, you know, I have my reservations of his of him being a truly elite quarterback, but this is the state of quarterbacking in the CFL right now. Yes. And there is no question that Trevor Harris was the number one quarterback that actually made it to free agency. So yes, the fact by, that by, a long shot. by the fact, so the fact that they got that deal done, even though I think it's pretty obvious he had maybe two real options if he wanted to start, and the other one was where he was, which was quickly going from kind of a mess to complete circus. Um, <laughs> decided he wanted nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> so and, basically, and it was like. Does Trevor Harris want to be a backup again? Probably not. So uh, I think it was about a week or two before free agency. I was like, he's going to sign in Saskatchewan because he really has no other option if he wants to start day one. No, and 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 I'm glad to see O'Day not really wait and screw that up, no, right? Like uh, yeah, he knew he couldn't you, afford. You, he knew he couldn't no. afford to because you know there is still talk that Montreal may be sold soon and maybe that stabilizes a bit. So maybe Trevor gets talked into it. I mean, who knows, right? So. Right. Well, and, and that's it. You can't, you know, people are going to say, well, you had to overpay for him. Well, of course you had to overpay for him. You're paying for a number one quarterback that you it's haven't agency. drafted or developed or anything. And, and that's it. And and from, again, everything you read from Duncan, JC, and Haji, he's not making that much more than Cody Fajardo did. No. It's like an right? extra now, 50K or so, I believe. Right. So, so yeah, <clears throat> on paper, you know, you hear a million dollars for two years in the CFL for a 35-year-old guy. You tend to get a little worried, but... The things, before I get into what worries me, I am going to say what excites me. You have a new offensive coordinator that says, I'm going to build something around the pieces, which mm-hmm. to me now indicates that you're not going to see Saskatchewan try to go deep on every two plays. I think you're going to see very much a ball control, take advantage of Trevor Harris's accuracy, get the run game going. Like His, his, his ability to get the ball out quick is going to help the offensive line. Oh, absolutely. And of course, yeah. the new names along the offensive line are going to help yep. the offensive line. So... To, to me, you're going to have – what you're going to see from the Riders next year just based on – you're going to see that ball come out quick. You're going to see long drives. You're going to see – but still with an ability to exploit a defense if they give you a look. The guy's a veteran. Um, I said it when I was on CTV Saskatoon. The guy followed the Tom Brady method, the the diet, the everything that yeah. keeps guys playing forever. And to me, that's, that's a positive. I mean <laughs> – Hope his life doesn't end up the way that Brady's life ended up last year, but no, I think know. I think Trevor's a little more committed to his family. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, right. So, but the only thing that that worries me, and this has changed my mind a lot in Cody Fajardo, because I've been in this very space very critical of Cody, calling yeah. him too soft to play in Saskatchewan, but for him to come out and say the way that Craig Dickinson treated him, mm-hmm. I don't know if I blame Cody for his struggles anymore because Cody basically came out and said, yeah, I was told all the time. That's it. You screw up. You're coming out. That's it. You screw up. You're coming out. You're, you're like, you can't, 
fill a guy's mm-hmm. head with negative and expect him to do anything positive. Yeah, it, it's 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 just another sign of a spiraling coach during a bad year. It's brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Like, it's like I believe... It was a joke during John Paddock's time with the Ottawa Senators where they were yeah. getting such atrocious goaltending that he started publicly talking about winning your in. And the, neither goalie ended up winning. Right. And, <laughs> and unsurprisingly, a few months later, he was fired. So, <laughs> Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. With, with coaching, when you're coaching professionals, when you're coaching mm-hmm. men, you can't sit there and be negative, negative, negative because any person in that, in that spot, like – Hell, I can tell when I've curled a bad game at rec level. I don't need anybody to tell me. I mean, we can all joke about it when I curl like shit. Or I can tell when I've done a bad broadcast, when I haven't been sharp on the podcast. I can tell that stuff. I don't need somebody to fill my head with it because I'm going to go work (coughs) and finding myself a way to get better. So to constantly hear, yeah, we're going to put in this guy. Well, you know the guy behind you is dog shit. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, too. Like, to me, everybody behind Cody is not a CFL quarterback. No, nothing. So for you nothing. To hold that over, yeah. Over Other than head, maybe Levi Lewis, because we just didn't see him play. We don't know. Right, but still, like you, you've got, you've got a coach over a guy who, I, I still won't say like I never want to question a guy's mentality. I don't like doing that, but it's obvious that Cody takes things to heart more mm-hmm. than a lot of guys. You know, whether that be yeah. thick skin, but that's the way the guy's wired. And you have to look at the way the guy's wired. Maybe you can can tell a guy like Trevor Harris, that's thirty six years old, it's been in the league a long time, like. Hey man, you're do- you're playing like shit. You don't stop playing like shit. We're gonna bring the next guy in. Yeah, and like I think, I think for you know sort of some of Trevor Harris's flaws, for lack of a better term, on the field. I think what he will for sure we can definitely say will bring is a more stable presence. Yes. To the position, and that's what uh, our colleague Brennan McGuire wrote for ThreeDownNation.com. Uh, he wrote that basically, you know, we'll see how it kind of plays out on the field, but we know. Trevor's Trevor Harris is going to be level-headed. It's going to be like a straight line the entire time. He's yeah. not going to get too high. He's not going to get too low. Because I think I think Cody kind of suffered. The Craig Dickinson stuff aside, even between everything else, he kind of suffered from like, you know, in 2019, he got really high on himself, understandably, because of how great everything was. Everyone was right. having so much fun. The sprinkles of Jesus, Jesus the corn dogs, corn the corn whole dogs. thing. Yeah. yeah, it was great. That was all fun and games. And then it went the complete opposite way. And he couldn't quite handle it going that far down. So yeah. Trevor, Trevor Harris can come out and throw for 6,000 yards or 1,200 yards in a season. He's probably going to approach it the same. Yeah, so you absolutely. know kind of the baseline you're going to get from him, and you know that either way, nothing's really going to get in his head as much. And that, on, that in itself is an upgrade of some kind. How much that translates to wins, 
We'll see. Mm, certainly. <clears throat> That's all, folks. Bye. <laughs> 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 I could feel your brain. I could hear the gears grinding yeah. kind of trauma coupled with the transition there. No, I thought we were still talking about Trevor, to be honest. But um. <laughs> well, I, I think sort of and we can kind of maybe move into it from this is, you know, I think one of the things people have talked about Trevor Harris is defensive coordinators talk about, you know, off the record that he's kind of easy to play against at times. Yeah. And you start to figure it out and you need like a Geno Lewis type playmaker to kind of elevate his play. And that's not always a great sign of a quarterback. And I don't know if they entirely got that with the receiving core that they currently have. Um, I think Schaefer Baker could potentially be that guy. Yeah, like I think the, the biggest thing that happened to them at receiver was Keon Schaefer Baker not getting an NFL offer. There's no question about oh, that. Certainly. Yeah, that that was as big as any signing mm. they made last year. Because he went, he went to multiple, multiple tryouts, and generally that's a sign you're going to get an offer, and he didn't. Why? Who knows, but he didn't. And after that, though, like I know there's been a lot of change to the receiving core. There had to be. Um, you know, I think Shaq Evans, Duke Williams, you know, even Justin McInnes to a degree, all these guys kind of run their course here. It was time to make a change, and I'm just not sure if Jake Winicky really has that rebound in him. We'll see. Joan Bruskison's decent. You know, maybe Bain Jr. is sort of a diamond in the rough that they can uncover to use in a certain role. But I'm not entirely convinced that the receiving core is going to actually be all that better than last year. No, I would agree with you. I, I do like, though, the flexibility that Bruskison uh, brings to the team. Mm-hmm. Right? You could potentially throw three Canadians at receiver because Picton's back, Schaefer Baker's back. He's been signed. You find a fourth guy that can that can play in that spot, and all of a sudden you can go three Canadians at receiver, which again helps can typically help you someplace else uh, in the roster. Now you are right. Like if he doesn't have the big playmaker, he he tends to struggle because he's all about ball control. He's not about the big playability. He's about getting into the hands of the athletes, and I think he does have athletes around him, but. You're right. He needs that guy to be that guy. And I think that's why the riders are trying to see, okay, can Breskison be what he was in Calgary, not what he mm-hmm. was in Toronto. He was good in Toronto, but he was great in Calgary, right? Yeah. Can, can Wenicke come back? Can he bounce back? It just seems like they're like throwing darts at the board to see if one of those guys can be that guy. But, and that's the but only that was, you know, kind of like a long, kind of an offensive line was kind of the same idea. I think we we're all kind mm. of surprised that Philip Blake hit the market again. Um, but good on Jeremy O'Day yeah. to get him back. Um, but, you know, there, other than Geno Lewis, there wasn't like that must-get receiver, right? So you were all, it was, all, it was likely to be a project either way. So I think if this maybe receiver... Maybe Kenny Lawler. Maybe Kenny Lawler, but he seemed he seemed set on going back to Winnipeg. Yeah, I, from everything that we've yeah. seen, he took less money than mm-hmm. he was making. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> hard for him to take well, less money we, than he was making yeah. last year. We also learned that it seems general managers did not really learn in terms of overpaying receivers last year, but anyway. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, that, that Gino Lewis got... Well, and that was the thing. Everybody's yeah. talking Gino Lewis, Gino Lewis, but, you know, let's face it. Saskatchewan, especially in the cap situation they were in, bringing in pieces on the offensive line, bringing in Trevor Harris, and, and having some sanity, because I don't think it's a coincidence that the same guy has signed two 300,000-plus contracts for receivers in the past mm-hmm. two off-seasons. Um... Which you know I, I mean, and you generally make those move for big high end receivers when 
you maybe don't when I mean, your quarterback maybe isn't the most accurate and i think that's a good way to describe taylor cornelius so yeah yeah he's he, the guy throws an effortless deep ball but yeah you have to you have to go get those guys meanwhile for saskatchewan there's a chance that one of those guys that we've discussed it can work out and I think it's going to like, I, I, th- I, I think you move Keon Schaefer Baker into the slot. He becomes your playmate. Well, they have to do that. Right? He, he, he cannot be on the corner this year. He can't. No, I, I, I don't know why he ever was in the first place. Right. Like yeah. that just goes back to, again, I think the best move of the off season, not only because it brought you two players from Montreal, was firing <laughs> Jason Moss. Like, okay. Yeah. And I know they're saying ownership. I know they're, I know Harris is saying ownership, but it just seems to me, and this is pure, no inside knowledge, tinfoil hat, put me on old takes exposed kind of thing. But it's just striking to me that we all thought Harris was returning to Montreal. And again, the ownership situation was bubbling, but it was when they hired Jason Moss, he's like, I'm out of here. Gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and he had a decent season under Moss in Edmonton, but it just, it, again, I just see a veteran guy that goes, you know what? I don't like this guy. I got other options. See you later. It is a question I asked to my, you know, my colleagues at Three Down Nation. They didn't have an obvious answer, but I mean, it's like, I don't know, just just because there's often an assumption that when a quarterback and a coach work together in the past, it means, oh, they must like each other. But I mean, that's not always necessarily true. And no. Trevor Harris did have some success under Jason Moss, both as his quarterback's coach in Ottawa and um, head coach slash OC in Edmonton. But yeah, maybe he just, maybe he didn't feel like going down that road again. It's entirely remember, possible. It ended, it ended ugly in Edmonton. Yes. No question. Like, we were having conversations on this show about how everyone hated him. <laughs> yes. Absolutely we were. And, like... and, and, I mean, there's probably some truth to it. Like, he, there, some of the things that some of his teammates maybe said about him, especially in terms of when he gets hit, he folds, isn't entirely wrong. But at the same time, I think from that, he kind of... He, we'll see. It feels like he has kind of grown and learned out of that situation and is maybe a better teammate now for it. Yeah, and went and, you know, went and got his, his shot so he could continue playing for his teammates, right? Like, it's yeah. just... I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, that you know, you, you, you get rid of Jason Moss, and all of a sudden it's like instantly two of the Alouette starters are signing with you on second one of the negotiating window. Yeah. Like, I, and, and, and if... if <laughs> And realistically, if we're to believe what we've been hearing, Juno Lewis was, you know, considering it, but then just how do you say no to an extra hundred grand a year? No, exactly. And especially, especially, especially after your quarterback who made you that money is no longer there. Right. That's exactly it. Right. Like, okay, do you, do you take really good money to go play with him again in Saskatchewan? Because you got to think you like, if the writers were talking to him, two to 250 was probably on the table. Yeah. I would think so, right. somewhere in that range. Probably they probably basically would have swapped the Duke Williams money for him, probably. Plus exactly. a little plus so, a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, so two twenty five, two fifty was on the table. But especially in football where your careers are short and in the CFL where the money is for guys like me and you, it's good money. It's not necessarily great money for professional athletes. A guy that could go out tomorrow and blow up his Achilles you know, doing a workout and not see a dime of it, right? So yeah. I'll never I'll never, ever argue with a guy getting the bag. No, never. So I will never fault Geno Lewis for probably looking. He probably had two to 250 on the table from everybody else in the CFL. Chris Jones comes in at 350. Like, you'd be dumb not to take it. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd be dumb not to take it unless you had some 
you had a guarantee that some rich farmer in Saskatchewan was going to drop off a check for $100,000 for you to, I don't know, shine his shoes or something, right? Like, <laughs> like NIL just, comes like, to the CFL. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's the same when these guys go and they're speaking tours of the province. Do you really think a guy from Georgia wants to be in Watson, Saskatchewan when it's minus 40 outside? I mean, I love that they do it. I love, love, love that they do it. But you know these guys aren't doing it for free. No. Like, it's just, it's it's the perks of signing with the Riders. It's perks like that, that you can make some extra coin doing things like that. But there's no way you're sneaking a hundred grand in for that. So good no. on Gino Lewis. It's disappointing he never came to Saskatchewan because, again, as we discussed the receiving core, you put Gino Lewis with Keon Schaefer-Baker, mm-hmm. ball game. Yeah. Done. Right, like this. this yeah, like, and add in Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hicks in running the ball. I mean, they, you you're onto something there. Right. No I still think they're onto something, but it's just rather than day. It's not one, as explosive knowing, as it could have been. Yeah. Right. It, it, day one, you know, Gino Lewis would be the guy. This might take, you know, game four, game five. Is it Wanaki? Is it Keon Schaefer Baker? Is it maybe a guy they find in training camp? Because. Yeah. Let's face it, there is an abundance of explosive American receivers that come from the NCAA all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy who did reject the money <laughs> is uh, linebacker oh, is Darnell Sankey. Yes! And it was, of course, our boy J.C. Abbott who reported, uh, I believe, a day or two before free agency was going to open or is in the window period sometime, whenever, um, that Sankey had turned down an offer from the Riders that was going to pay him, I believe, a buck sixty which would have made him the second-highest-paid American linebacker behind, of course, Adam Big Hill. Right. A fair spot for a free agent linebacker to be, because I don't I don't think there's any question that no American linebacker in this league right now should probably be paid more than Adam Big Hill. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. And, and, and I think Big Hill gets paid for his leadership mm-hmm. and his big community guy and, and, and things like that. I don't know if Big Hill's in 180... And again, I'm a guy that watches every Winnipeg game. Yeah. I don't know if his play on the field is the level it should be, but the stories I hear firsthand about Adam Big Hill, you got to pay him to keep him around there. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, professional sports is generally a little less so in football than other sports, but you know, your pay later in your career can kind of be lifetime achievement-y. So yeah. that's just kind of how that is at times. Um, anyway, so he rejected the offer, according to reports from our own J.C. Abbott. Uh, then his agent and Darnell Sankey both got mad online about it, uh, stating that there was more to this story, uh, despite repeated efforts by uh, people at Three Down Nation to get said side of the story. Both of them refused. Um, so if, this... there w- if there was this great grand big piece of information that we were all missing on this story... Um, you would think, I don't know, if I was the agent of Darnell Sankey and, you know, someone else got reported that uh, my client had turned down an offer and there was this big piece of information they were missing, I would be very willing to give that up very quickly. The fact well, that they didn't yeah. um, just means you were mad that your client blew his best chance. Well, and that's almost like, it, 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 this is the thing that I can kind of do is like, all jokes aside, I'm kind of the satellite of three down nation mm-hmm. and i can go out and i can get mad and and, and things like that that it, it, it like people always come at guys like dunk and guys like jc and guys like hodge and to a way lesser extent guys like you and me oh that's fake news it's about when have we been wrong mm-hmm. when when 
And I get that she can't fire back at everybody all the time. I get that. But the, the validity spoke for itself because you have to think if you're Sankey's agent, and you're right, you had a smoking gun. You had no. Like, this is this is what went down. This is the information. This is your wrong. This is what happened. You think Sankey's agent's getting signed up by – you think any CFL players trying to sign with him right now? Because no. from all accounts – he dropped the ball. He fumbled the ball big, and 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 you know and you know it's bad when I can go on CTV Saskatoon and have the great CFL News Twitter account that is read by, I'm I'm assuming probably seven eighths of the league. Mm-hmm. They know that account. They follow it, and for have my comments paraphrase that I said on CTV, basically backing up JC's reporting and calling out Sankey's agent again. If if there was something legit there, somebody's coming after me. Like, somebody is saying something to me. Somebody's sliding into my DM. Somebody's coming out and saying something like, hey, man, you're talking out your ass, which I do quite frequently. It's rare that I pick a name and pick a side and find a hill to die on. Radio silence. Yep. You had some people, and this was a shame that, to Sankey's credits, you had some people say, well, he didn't want to be in Regina. Guy was a big community guy guy was at events he he seemed to enjoy his time in regina i don't think it was that it was his agent thought he should make more than adam big Hill. yeah and that to me is a sign of a guy that you probably shouldn't work with or work for that's in charge of your income yeah and i mean at the end of the day um it's the cray uh sorry dave dickinson admitted in uh, scrum uh, that included our Ryan Ballantyne, that they had had late discussions with Darnell Sankey. Of course, what the offer was at that point, we don't know. I assume it was nowhere near the 160 k and that's why no. he is now in the XFL. So, And what's, what's I, the I, XFL salary? Is it sixty k American? Something like that. I don't know. 59 or something. Uh, he may he may get more than that as a vet. I don't I don't exactly know how their salary structure works, but regardless of that, I think that seems to back up that... Um, there wasn't really much else out there for his client after he turned down what honestly was probably actually a pretty stupid offer from Jeremy O'Day. <laughs> well, <'Cause... laughs> if we don't want to get like a- actually, okay, so the average salary at in the XFL is six sixty thousand dollars US with a win bonus of a thousand dollars per win. So dumb math season, convert- isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, ten game yeah. season, sixty thousand dollars. You're you're probably, probably not going looking- undefeated, so. No, and you're probably looking at probably a 30% exchange rate, so a third is 60 would be 20. So 80,000, yeah. So he basically, it's safe to assume that he probably didn't have an offer above 90 grand Canadian. Mm -hmm. That's why I had to go to the XFL. Yeah, and and I mean, this this is, you know, no disrespect to Darnell Sankey. This is just the player that he is. He's kind of more of the old school linebacker type that, is difficult to pay a lot of money in the CFL, and you probably shouldn't pay a lot of money for in the CFL because he was the typical sort of guy on a bad team that just racked up a bunch of tackles, but isn't yeah. exactly great in coverage. You know, had you know, didn't he had a lot of downfield tackles, and I mean that's great. Someone's got to do it, but it's not worth even 160k a year, quite frankly. And obviously, the rest of the league agreed. So at the end of the day, Jeremy O'Day should probably be thanking uh, Darnell Sankey's <laughs> agent for giving him bad advice and saving him from himself in this situation. <laughs> yeah, dodge a bit of a bullet on that one for sure, because y- you are absolutely correct. If you watch, if you watch the games, you watch them a little closer. 
Uh, he's old school. He'll stop the run. He'll fill that hole. He'll blow some guys up, which makes him a fan favorite and highly noticeable. The kind of guy that on tape looks like he should make 160. But yeah, he's he's got holes in his game, especially at an easy, much like American receiver, unless you have an Adam Big Hill. It's mm-hmm. generally pretty easy to to replace those guys at that at that linebacker position. No, it's a position you do not want to generally overpay at, and I think overall the Riders did that last year at linebacker, and yeah, they kind of paid for absolutely. it on defense. I think you know this year with Mika Tights and Larry Dean kind of at the two big linebacker spots, coming a little cheaper, find some vet Americans to put behind them, and then of course you have your Sam more of like a DB position, so. I think they're in a better spot sort of where they spread their money out this year compared to last year. No, certainly. And I mean, I, I honestly think a direct correlation between losing Darnell Sankey is is getting Micah Johnson for what appears to be a very good, a very like surprisingly decent cap number, according to Justin Dunk, JC and Haji. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, I'd rather have Micah Johnson. Yeah, I would. That I would. Guy, I would much rather spend on the. Yeah, I'd rather. Sp- I have my questions about how much he actually has left in the tank, but at the price tag he's at, okay, it's worth a flyer to see if he still has it. If not, hopefully a young American can step in and fill the void in the middle. Well, and again, young American comes in. You got a guy that can mentor him about being one yard off the ball and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I I'd rather have a, like, and and I'm not saying Sankey wasn't a big team guy, but no, no, the price what you got Sankey for. The ability to bring in Johnson, I think I think you upgraded on the defense in, in that spot. And again, I I, I hate to say it because Sankey's I, I Sankey's a big community guy. He was mm-hmm. a guy that spent time around Regina, and it's just it's a shame that his agent really fumbled the ball on this. And uh, it, you know he vague tweeted too. I almost wonder if he hasn't got rid of his agent, which I hope he did because that's some terrible advice. Yeah, um, a guy who doesn't have an agent that has signed with the Riders, and we're going to end on this note. Uh, is the one great Rob Vanstone. Um, it seems this came together quickly if you missed the news on Sunday because naturally we are recording for the first time in months <laughs> on Sunday of a long weekend. It's prime, prime time for podcast release. Um, Rob Vanstone has left the Regina Leader Post after about 300 years to uh, be the writer slash historian slash doer of many media things, uh, kind of like Ed Tate's role with the Bombers, but with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Rob's a great guy. Love Rob to death. Um, hope this works out well for him. He's gonna. I think the history stuff is just going to be his jam. He's going to love doing yep. all that. I, I hope the video side of, of that with it is done well and that it's worth sort of the time and effort I know he's going to be putting into this. So I hope, I hope people really do consume this content and interact with it in every chance they get for the sake of Rob. Uh, mostly just for the sake of Rob, because we love Rob, and I, I wish him Absolutely. nothing but success with uh, the Riders going forward. Well, and I, I love the fact that the Riders, much like Winnipeg did, as you mentioned with Ed Tate, but like between Daniela and, I mean, you know, bringing in Ariel as the, as the director of communications, and now with having Rob Vanstone over there, like the talent they have putting out their content on their own website, it's just like second to none. Like I just, I'm looking forward to what Rob, I love listening to him and Murray on the podcast. Like I hope... Oh. His podcasting continues. I I, I love the his, the history aspect of it. Like Rob's just like a ten out of ten human being, and and his talent for sports writing is just completely off the charts. And mm-hmm. you know, as a guy that still still reads this stuff, I you know he's going to be missed at the the, yep. the leader post, and there's going to be that's that's a that's a big L and a huge get for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, congrats, Rob! Like that's that's fantastic. I look forward to. Uh, 
even as a non-rider fan, I very <laughs> much look forward to consuming all the content that you're posting. 